podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hey. hey. Welcome back to another episode of the Sober Life Audio Experience, Experience. with your host, Brian and Roman in the house. What's good? Hey, we back, brother. What is good, Brian? Let's make it shine. Yeah, let's do it, man. We're stoked. We got another excellent, excellent, legendary guest in the, well, not in the building, but on the phone today. Uh, it's a blessing. It's an honor. Like, I've seen this cat. We, we know this cat. We, we know his story. Incredible story. Um, kind of comes from a similar background to us. Yeah. You know, really big where, where we came up and where we grew up um, and, and that scene. Um, Metal Militia OG. Yeah, man. <laughs> Colin Gummy Morrison. What up, baby? What up, man? What's up, guys? to uh, do this podcast, man. Yeah, it, welcome brother. to the show, bro. First of all, I appreciate you coming on, man, uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule. We see all the, the things you're doing on Instagram, on Facebook, man, really out there doing the deal, and we just want to say thank you for taking this time out today. That being said... Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That being said, we, we do a start our show with three very specific special questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Question number one. What is your vision? What is my vision, man? Well, I guess when I was doing drugs, my vision was a lot different than now. But, uh, man, vision is just, uh, you know, giving back what was kind of given to me. And my, uh, my main deal in life is... Just talking about sobriety and helping others, man. So I would say that's kind of my vision right now. Just really trying to help Word. Dope. Colin, can you let the listeners know how long have you been sober now? Been sober for six years and seven months and about 15 days. Oh, wow. shit. Check Damn. you out, man. Me too, man. So do you prefer Colin or Scummy? It don't matter, man. It doesn't matter. Whatever you guys want to call me. Scummy. We're going to roll with Scummy. So, Scummy, question question number two. Question number two is, what is a book that has influenced or shaped you? Oh, man, that's actually a good one. Nikki Six is The Heroin Diary. I read that when I was in rehab, kind of going into rehab, and when I was in rehab, I read that book, and his second book he wrote, I forgot what it was called, but mainly The Heroin Diaries, that, he was, he was like the first guy that showed me that you could still be cool, and you could still have a rad life being sober, like, I, I wasn't too aware of this whole sober life, and, you know, the dudes that were actually living in sobriety, so he was like the first dude that, I kind of did research, and uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that was definitely the book that uh, helped me out a lot, and I'd have to say. Yeah, those are two great books. Have you read uh, Scar Tissue by Anthony Kiedis? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I have that book. My wife has that. She's been uh, telling me I need to read that, so maybe Dude. that'll be next. Another great book right there. Cool. So uh, this, this goes to question number three. Scummy, what do you love? What do you love? What do I love? 
I could say I love life, but I feel that's kind of boring. So, um, yeah, I love dirt bikes, obviously. That's kind of my yeah. passion. I love my guns, going shooting with uh, my dad, going to gun range. Love the wife, the dog, and pretty much life, man. It's too hard to really, I don't even know. That's a hard one, man. I love so much stuff right now. So we could just narrow down our love life. You know, it's kind of boring, but I love it all, man. Well, it's easy to love when you're sober, huh? Yeah. That, that, that question is a lot different when you're not sober, eh? <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's what it was. I only loved a couple things and I was using, but now, man, it's my whole life so different now. So, yeah, every day is a blessing. I have whatever you put in front of me. I love it. Well, well, to a point, to a point. <laughs> well, well, let's get into some background, Scummy. Like, what what was going on? Like, what what's a little background, a little context, you know? How, how'd it get started? How'd you get going? How'd you get the nickname Scummy? <laughs> yeah, good start. <laughs> uh, I, I was on Warp Tour. I was, uh, you guys heard of Ian's Warp Tour? Of course. Yeah. I did that for four years, riding dirt bikes, doing freestyle shows every single day in a different state. Uh, for like two and a half months, living on a tour bus. Did this for four years, man. And uh, there's a guy named Scummy on tour. And then my Bo Manley and Twitchy guys I was touring with, I don't know, they, they started calling me Scummy. And I was living my life back then. It stuck. We, me and Twitch made this movie, The Adventures of Twitch and Scummy. It did really good. Worldwide, and then the name stuck, so I went with it, and I uh, kind of built a little character out of it, so, you know, nothing changed, so I didn't do it. There you go, there you go, so, Scummy, where are you from, man? From Moore Park, California. Okay. Yeah, up north, uh, yeah, mellow, mellow town, love it, I was down in Temecula when I was uh, really in the prime of riding professionally, that's like if you ride dirt bikes professionally, you, you just live in Temecula, and then yeah, she was in the party and got really, really gnarly out there. So yeah, I went to rehab in Ventura, and that's like thirty minutes well, from my hometown. Well, and then, well let's know. back up a second. Like you're you're riding dirt bikes. Like who introduced you to dirt biking? Was this like a family member, your father, a friend? No, I think uh, a kid uh, had a good good up. Bringing family and my mom, dad, and never drank, never smoked, dogs in Vietnam. I had a really good, good childhood. Picture perfect. So how did you get into it? Yeah, I'm there we go. It, trying to figure out who I was, baseball, soccer, everything. Um, and then my dad took me to, I think it was Mickey Thompson off-road truck race at Anaheim Stadium. And, and during the halftime, they had a dirt bike race. And after that, Dude, it was it was a gnarly thing. It was every single day, minute, second after that was around dirt bikes. It's the only thing I wanted. Um, I begged my dad for ever, ever, every day. Didn't get a dirt bike right away. Got into he got we got into BMX racing. I was like the closest thing to a dirt bike, right. so I got really into BMX racing. Yeah, I did that whole thing. You know, had the key in my tire. Make it sound like a dirt bike. Uh, right. And then, dude, yeah, one day my dad pulled me out of school saying we had to go to a dentist appointment. So we had to go home to get something. He opened the garage, and that was the best day of my life. He opened oh, the garage, and there was a dirt bike, and I swear I heard, uh, I heard angels in the background. There's a <laughs> glowing light in the back. So, yeah, that's, what, that was the day that started it all. What were you Damn. riding? Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki? Uh, 85 wise, dude. It was just a 
Yeah, there you go. For me, it was, uh, that was sick, man. Yeah. 85YZ, baby. So you're yeah, riding man. bikes, you're dirt biking. Like, what? How, does alcohol get introduced? Is it smoking buds? Like, what What kind of happened with that With that stuff? Yeah, when did that kind of start? Was that after well, high school? Was, uh, yeah, when I got my dirt bike, that was 12. Started racing. Uh, picture perfect. And then this freestyle motocross came about and then it was like the alternative rock and roll right. shit for dirt bikes is before motocross is very like touch and shiny very cookie cutting i right. wasn't about that it was it was crusty demons of dirt this revolutionary dirt bike movie came out where it's partying chicks tattoos going big going big on dirt bikes that movie changed my life <clears throat> after that i wanted to, to you know be a freestyle guy but back then freestyle wasn't even evolved yet so pretty much the very first freestyle contest it was in 98 i was going really big on my bike i got invited to the very first freestyle contest and that's what really started my career in the freestyle in the early stages i had some older uh older guys because i was only 16 they were taking me like traveling i was traveling all over the u.s at this time Drinking, well, you know, I was around gnarly, gnarly dudes, you know, they were doing everything. And I was, I got brought into this sport at such a young age, but I was already traveling, making money at 16 and hanging out with the gnarliest dudes, which were my heroes. So then, you know, it started drinking. And then before that in high school, dude, I think I was average, you know, smoked a little weed, mm-hmm. drank, didn't get too gnarly, but I dropped out of high school. In 10th grade, and that's when I started really picking up this freestyle motocross. And this is when I started traveling. And alcohol, you know, got big. But at that time, you know, I was partying, yeah. smoking, doing doing my thing. I don't think it wasn't a problem because that was the lifestyle right. in my career. I was getting paid to party, paid to go get chicks, paid to travel the world. You know, the, the, it wasn't... Uh, well, it was just the lifestyle back then. Yeah, and it, it like justified, yeah, and it justified the behavior too. Exactly, you know. So maybe at that time, for a normal person, they might have thought they were going too big. But man, it was I was getting paid to do it. So right. you know, fast forward time. Were you a pro at that time, or when did Metal Militia come into being? And you know, how did all that happen? A uh, couple years down the road. Metal Militia kind of started to form with Brian Deegan, Larry Lane Cobble. I was already in freestyle. I was already kind of like the bad boy with Twitch. who's breaking all the rules. So they picked me and Twitch up right away. And then that's when the Metal Militia evolved. You know, I was yeah. in Militia when they were spray painting Metal Militia on T-shirts. You know, and that, when I got in, that's when they started picking up hair, coming up from alcohol, weed, and like now we're doing coke and just really partying. But at this time, it's kind of like, we can fast forward. 10 years in my career, partying really hard, breaking a lot of bones, you know, metal my ankle, got my spleen, just so many injuries, getting fed so many pain pills, mm, partying right. harder and harder, but still at this time, I was still getting paid, and it was still, that was a lifestyle, that was my job. And you just <laughs> did bad, that. You know? Day in and day out, it sounds like you were just riding, drinking, doing drugs, breaking bones, on pain meds, partying, getting paid, doing... And it seems like this was a cycle that went on for years. It was a cycle. It was just like living a rock and roll lifestyle, man. So it was... Uh, yeah. 
you know, like work tour. I'm partying every day, jumping in front of thousands, living on a tour bus, and then I have to come home and hang out with my friends. Like, yeah, maybe they just went to like a football game and they're going to like their friend's uh, parents' house party. And then I'm, you know, it's hard for me to switch the switch the light off after getting home from like a gnarly tour and just chilling. I kept the party going, and then you know, this time. I started doing a lot of pills, started uh, pain pills, oxys, roxys. Yeah. Um, I didn't think I had a problem at this time. So, you know, I don't know how like what, what happened? What what were what were what were some of your moments of clarity? Like what like what had you realized, wow, like I have a problem, this isn't sustainable. And and did I didn't someone think, I didn't think I had a problem like did someone need to intervene in your life? Like what, like what kind of happened to get you to where you're at now? Well, dude, I had, okay, I probably went to jail like 20 times, three DUIs. I was such a good liar to my parents and I was always traveling that they never really saw how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, you know, I was getting, I found a doctor, I was getting prescribed like, 120 volts and 90 volts every two weeks. That's when it really got bad. Damn. Uh, and I was going through every single two weeks until one time me and my uh, my best friend on the way home. He OD'd in my truck. That still wasn't bad enough, you know. When he died, I was just kind of wondering where his clothes were, you know, because in my head that that's when I think the drugs really took took me over where I wasn't even thinking like a human and then Oxycontin and Roxycontin started getting big and that's at right. the point in my life when I was trading everything. All my possessions that were so valuable to me, I was trading everything for those. Right. But that's the downfall. That's why I started losing sponsors. My parents started to catch on. I lost my, uh, my chicken at the time. lost my house. lost everything. Then I got into heroin. That was, uh, that was pretty much the last last three years of my life, I was doing heroin and, until I lost completely everything, uh, until the last the last deal I traded, I sold my bike to go get heroin. And then, it got so bad where I couldn't even get money to get the heroin, I got really big to the dust off. Oh, like, I, I figured, dude, I can go get this stuff at any store for like three bucks, and I was stealing it at the time. I'm not, I'm not a stealer, man, but this is Harley God, and I was passing out in Best Buy and Target. Like, it was the lowest of the low, man. And then, um, went into, uh, like, a Target, got a bunch of dust off. So, like, all day I was on a, a sick one, got in my trunk. Last, next thing I remember, I woke up, I ran into, like, seven cars, head on into a semi. Oh, shit. Got arrested, DUI, went to Twin Towers. Mm, my dad picked me up crying he wasn't born he was just like so he saw how bad I truly was that I couldn't I truly couldn't stop and then yeah a week later he dropped me off in rehab dude and for me it only took that one time in rehab man and my life fully fully opened in there I was in detox and uh in rehab dude I I saw the light dude like everything opened up man I, I started to realize you didn't need drugs to live anymore and dude, my life was amazing. Well, it sounded like you kind of, I mean, you hit a bottom, bro. I mean, it sounded I like you literally bottoms, lost the, everything. Yeah, and I hit 15 bottoms. I mean, 
not to get into the into detail, but it would take way too long. But I hit so many bottoms in that in that span of ten years, and every yeah. single time I was bouncing back, telling people I was fine. I was going to outpatient rehab, going to AA meetings, snorting rocks in the bathroom, and just going home, telling my family and sponsors I'm doing really good. You know, so yeah. 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 Let me ask you a question, Scummy. Were during that ten years, what was the longest time clean you ever had? Or was was going to rehab the first time you actually had that any clean? That was the first time. Got yeah, it. for fifteen years, I was on something every single day for fifteen years. So, yeah, yeah, man, uh, I mean, yeah. shit. So it all caught up with you, and like in rehab, you were able to really see some truth. Would you say that you were kind of beat into a state of willingness, or what happened? One hundred percent. Like, like, yeah. I mean, I, I had nothing else. There's no other option. Like, I, I want. If I had a gun with me. Before I went to rehab, I would have ended it. Like, I didn't, I just didn't know anything about sobriety. I didn't know you could live your life without drugs. I had no idea. Was Never, there, was yeah. there any point in your life before going to rehab where you thought maybe you had a problem or that you wanted to get sober and you wanted to get clean? Uh, or was it just kind of like, not one time? Because it was so easy for me to get everything, you know? I mean, people, yeah, the, the drugs and all that stuff was coming wow. to me the whole time, except the very end when I was, like, by myself in my room doing drugs. Yeah. But before that, the drugs the whole time were, it was coming to me, you know? So yeah. it was very easy, and it was a lifestyle, and I could get away with it. Well, you know, know. We, we, we have talked to some celebrities and some people who have been in the spotlight in the past, and it seems like it, it, it is a little more difficult for that population to to get sober because there's so many people around them enabling the behavior, right? Would you say that that's, you've had a similar experience? 100, 100%. I feel like 90% of people, they just wanted to party with you. You know, they would do anything to give you a snack or whatever. Yeah. Just to say they partied with you. I'm not trying to brag whatsoever, but that's truly how it was the whole time, you know, and I'm getting paid to go host clubs and this that. So yeah, it was just, it was easy, man. You know, when I would black out and make an idiot of myself, people were pumped, you know, people were like, yeah, that's so, so, it was a different lifestyle. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't stop and say anything what I did, man, because it made me uh, realize how bad life is right now. Every single time I go to bed, I remember the times what I felt like when I ran out of drugs and what I would do absolutely anything to get the next six and waking up feeling 100%, not having those feelings. I mean, dude, every day it's yeah. a blessing, man. So, what, what, what did you feel when, when you were sitting in rehab and he, the gig was up, you, you knew that you couldn't live that way? Like, how did you feel? I felt like I was in a TV show, man, because that's just something like, eh, fuck, how did, how did I end up here? I had everything at one time. I fulfilled my childhood dream. Um, mm. Back down with nothing. It was like a full circle. Yeah, yeah the first time we have, I just was tripping. Like, how did I end up here? Uh, I have nothing. I got court cases to beat. I have nothing to my name. And then I just started, you know, let my ego be on and just lived one day at a time and shit just started popping off yes. just really fast in a positive yes. way, man. And, you know, well, 
enough about you know your 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 war stories how incredible they are and i'm sure that you're working on a book at some point and you should <laughs> yeah. but let's get into like what you're doing now man because we see you on social media we see that you're doing stuff you're advocating for the sober life you know that's something that brian and my myself we're really pushing is sobriety is a like a lifestyle alternative man for the sick and suffering but for like everyone because it is cool like it is cool, fun yeah like a cool you know? cool option like and you're doing the same life thing. or yoga life and i mean god knows that beer companies are doing everything they can to push drinking as a cool lifestyle So like we need to make sobriety cool man and it yeah. sounds like you're on that path we're on that path so why don't you talk talk, talk about that a little bit man what you're doing today for those and just what you guys are doing, you know, you always hear it on the news how really this epidemic is, but I don't see enough people doing it. And just what you're doing, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Didn't go to school for whatever. I got a YouTube show talking to somebody called Morrison. I work for Recovery Magazine. I'm just trying to bring in guests, trying yeah. to tell my story that you can live a fucking rad, fun, exciting life without any of the shit, dude. I yes. still go to bars. I still host parties. I have five times more fun when I go out, two o'clock or whatever, 1,000% sober. And it's fucking rare, dude. Don't wake up with a hangover. You can pass the cops yeah. at 3 a.m. feeling invincible. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just rad. And I feel that how I'm talking about this, I'm getting so many positive comments. You know, yes. like, I guess it was like for me to Nikki Six, like how I looked up to him, like, fuck, right. you could still live sober it's just there's not enough people doing things like it I love what you guys are doing and yeah. I think there just needs to be more shit like this man because what? it is that you don't need anything man and uh, nah. it's cool it's so important for people to hear that man and it really is so important for us to to come together and collaborate, man, and work together because there is a battle going on right now in this in this world and it's a battle against addiction and with the opioid epidemic and people are dying and, and lives are it's just a mess, man, and we really do have to come together if we're gonna change. Yeah. We need to work together, we need to we need to preach, we need to push the message and, and we gotta do this thing together, man. Yeah. I totally feel you, man, and uh yeah, that's kind of my main goal right now. My life is really good. I started a clothing company, uh underwear company, uh took over my dance business, got a wife now, I got all this money that I was buying drugs and it's amazing <laughs> how much money you would spend and now it's dude, it's just right. Yeah, yeah dude. Life is amazing, man. I yeah. I could go on and sure a lot of people it almost sounds too magical, but that's the way I feel that every single person that really gives sobriety number one, they feel the same way. Like just everything's fucking magical. Their life's going good and anybody that's dealing with addiction they will have that same life once you uh, just really make sobriety. One thing I really try to preach is always make sobriety number one. I mean, I would say even in, in front of your your kids, your wife, whatever, because that's just going to make your, yeah, your you fatherhood know. better, your fucking husband better, you know, just whatever it yeah. may be, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, one of the things I really love to do is, is especially show these young guys like how how courageous you can be and kind of show them, like, look, Roman and I, we love to do karaoke. We love to get up and sing Backstreet Boys. We do it sober. We make fools of ourselves. We're goofy. We've yeah. done spoken word poetry. Roman's out here with his hip-hop album. Like We want to be the change and be the example for these young men and women and show them that, like, look, you can have all this stuff, 
do it sober and have an even better time. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it's all about. You guys are doing it, man. Cool. Well, dude, um, we're, we're so stoked to have you on today, man, and share your story with us. And what you're doing today is incredible. Bro, like, if there's any way that we can support... Uh, let us know, cause cause we're down, man. Wait. We're down for the cause. Hell and, yeah! And where where can everyone find yeah. you? Plug yeah, all your Plug social. Tell, your, tell your, what's your, up. The clothing. Uh, you know, mainly mainly I don't need to like plug just my Instagram. You know, my Instagram's comments. You know, Alien underscore Scummy underscore Morse, and that's everything I got going on. And you'll okay. see my clothing company and all that stuff, and my YouTube. So I got going, and yeah, man, life is good, dude, and I'm really pumped you guys are out there fighting the good fight, too. No doubt, bro. When can we expect this book, dude? Because you got to come out with a book. I'm actually just working on a documentary with this really big producer. We're, like, been filming the past two years, and it's kind of that okay. same deal, dude, just showing people yeah. the fucking how rad life is sober, man, you know, so. Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. Can't awesome. All right, guys, those, those who have been listening, you, you heard the man. Go follow him on Instagram. Uh, check him out. Check what he's doing, his clothing line, what he's doing for those who are sick and suffering. We're all here. Again, Colin, appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate and, it. No doubt. And uh, for those listening, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the, the Sober, Sober Life, Life Audio Experience. Experience. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.